When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Available now from the Radio Theatre Workshop. Elite. Lave Revolution. This is Lave, or Lave 1 to give the correct designation. You crash somewhere here. What do you know about life? Many independent systems are ruled by warlords and madmen. Lave was once one of the most important systems in the galaxy. In those days, every independent pilot worth their salt got a license from Lave. Lave has been ruled by one man, Hans Walden, for nearly 100 years. Over a hundred years? The same man? Were you alive back then? They call him the Good Doctor. A rebellion forms on Lave. Uh, you people need to respect us! Or is it a test? Everything is a test. Many of you aren't old enough to remember the Alioth Rebellion. I don't need heroes. I require diligence and duty. One of the most ambitious full-cast audio productions ever attempted by an independent studio. Captains, I require all vessels to be at combat-ready status within the hour. Featuring Toby Longworth and Beth Eyre, known for Star Wars and wooden overcoats. You aren't aware that the good doctor expects results. Wait, how Bowles, what are you doing? How do you understand how serious we are? A five-hour full-cast space opera from the creators of Escape Velocity. Multiple warships in Bouncer. I need your ugly ship and its escorts. Based on the official Elite Dangerous novel. I need your pilots, fighters and military expertise. Witness the revolution. In exchange, I offer you... Glaive. Well done, Prefect. You're looking tired, my friend. Elite. Lave Revolution. Now available on digital download and custom USB edition from www.radiotheatreworkshop.com or search on your favourite audiobook distributor. Are you really doing your part for Lave's return to glory, citizen? Diagonal Dreams Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5 of Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare. This audio theater features some situations that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 5, The Carnality Sect, Part 2.
hope Adrian put antipsychotic medication on Kat's supply run list. Jenny, you are so rude. Heather, can you hear me? What happened? I, I don't know. She, she showed it to me. What? Who is she? I, I, I wasn't calling her, but she, she made me see they're women, girls. They, they're imprisoned. Oh, great! You've awakened the beast. Hey, what's with all the racket in here? So sorry. We are. Uh... Rhetorical question. I don't care. Just shut up. That reminds me. While I'm here, I need one of you. You there? Uh, what do I have to do now? I need you to clean the sick room so the doctor can do his work. Come on! I'm not your maid. Why do you assume I was asking you? Get over there now! What's with all the hostility? If it was up to me, y'all wouldn't have even come with us in the first place. We didn't need all of you. Nothing but a drain on our resources. Ira, uh, he said, uh, we are the guests tonight. Well, Ira ain't here. And frankly, he doesn't run the show anyway. Well, who does? Depends on who you ask. I need to find a safe place for my baby. What's she talking about? I didn't see any baby. He's gone. Oh. Well, sorry for your loss. I need to say goodbye to him and and tell him I'm sorry. I haven't even got a chance to say goodbye. What was his name? I, um, I never got a chance to name him. <clears throat> He's better off. No one should have to live in this screwed up world now. I still need that room cleaned. <sighs> Why did you lie? I don't want them to find him. They can't call for him if they don't know his name. Why do I even bother asking you anything? Hey, Ice Queen. Mind showing me this room you demand I clean? It's not like I have a map of this place or anything. We can still have a secret ceremony for Christian. We don't have to let anyone know about it. But they might... I don't want him to be trapped here. This place is wrong. You will feel better to get some closure. No, Robbie. It's not safe. These people are a little weird, but I don't think they're dangerous. I mean, I hope they're not. You don't know them. Well, frankly, you don't either. Look, I'm trying to be understanding. I can't even imagine. I've never... I don't have experience with- I can't even remember his face, Ravi. How am I supposed to mourn someone I can't even recognize? Were you able to get everything? For the most part. Couldn't find the stair strips or Thorazine, but we got the Haloperidol, which the list says can be one or the other. Hey, man. We went to three different places. It's not our fault that everything was ransacked weeks ago. Plus, we ran into a bunch of those monsters out there. It wasn't easy getting all that. 
Look, I'm gonna need help. Those women in there really need an experienced medical team. You're it. You're supposed to be the medical team. That's why we brought you here in the first place. What do you think I am, a machine? What kind of doctor are you anyway? That's none of your business. You forced me to come here, so here I am. But I'm not a magician. I said I would help you. The more hands, the better. I ain't got the stomach for that. Ugh. Didn't you say you were a tattoo artist? Blood shouldn't bother you. There's a difference between a little tattoo blood and all that in there. You made me clean that nasty room. Believe me, I know how bad it is. You're not getting any more free labor out of me. And we appreciate it immensely. Right, sister? I guess I can help. Though, not sure how much I can see to do. No, not you. You need to watch your crazy little girlfriend. Robbie, go ahead and start giving her these drugs. You need to taper them slowly. Start with half a tablet today, add a second one tomorrow, and so forth until she's back up to four pills daily. Don't let her out of your sight for the first couple of days. And make sure she takes them. Okay, you can count on me. Come on, Heather. Let's get you out of the sun. It doesn't matter what you do. It'll never stop. What is wrong with that girl? She gonna be a liability here? Ha. Huh. Bet you regret kidnapping us now, huh? Get inside the chow hall. Food ain't gonna cook itself. <sighs> Why do you assume I know how to cook? I did not come here to be your servant. Go get some food and water and meet me back here when you're ready to help. But don't eat much. It might end up coming back up. Okay. Alright, Doc. Give it to me straight. Can you help them? These women are very, very important to this community. You expect me to believe that there was a bus accident? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. I took an oath. I can't just stand idly by while- Look, man, I'm a nice guy. I take care of my own, but I ain't the top of the totem pole. I follow my instructions, and you will too. Those are the rules. What rules? What is this place? We're leading the new generation, of course. Why do you think we've been spared from the madness? What was that? Clark? Tanner? Clark? A small group of bashers clawed at the metal fence surrounding the perimeter. Despite their thrashing, the fence remained fixed in place. They can't get through the fence, can they? Nah. The same group comes by and tries to get in the compound at least every other day. That's our lookout, boys. Come on. Let's go check it out. I'm unarmed. Here! You're one of us now, brother. Right? Aw, for God's sakes. Looks like it might have been an accident. They killed themselves. No, no, no. Suicide is forbidden. Simple accidental discharge, obviously. Couldn't even handle simple guard duty. So pathetic. That was no accident. Are you deaf and stupid? My brother said it was an accident, so it was. See, I told you everything would work out. Huh. The provider takes away and also gives us new gifts and talents. Everything happens for a reason. You deal with the bodies. I gotta go babysit our new gifts and talents. 
I'm assuming you both don't take that same level of seriousness in your theology. <laughs> My sister has a rough exterior, but she too follows the ways of the provider. Those are the rules. We probably need to wait until nightfall to bury them. <sighs> Let the earth have them. Clark and Tanner were expendable. Yeah. Seems like human life isn't highly regarded in this place. No, brother. You've got it all wrong. We value life here, especially women. Life-givers, as we call them. Without them, humanity would end. But they need to be tended to like garden. And it's our job to remove the weeds. Why are you doing this? Those are my people, my family. And we take care of our own. It's the rules. I don't understand. That's because you don't have faith. You're ignorant. But I don't fault you for it. You may know how to heal a body, Adrian, but you don't know how to heal a spirit. Don't worry about that. We can teach you everything you need to know. You brought us here against our will. You really think we're going to believe anything you say? You have a purpose here, brother. With us. Whether you want to accept it or not. You've been sent to replace the Expendables. Come on, Heather! I'm only trying to help you! Jenny! A little help, please! They're already here. They want to take away my sight. I can't survive without my sight. I've already given up so much. You will feel better if you take this, damn it! Just give it to her as a suppository. <laughs> Reprogram or eliminate. Those are the only two options. Reprogram or eliminate. Reprogram or eliminate. What's your choice? What the hell is she going on about? I don't know. Adrian said she might be experiencing some postpartum psychosis. Plus, with the drug withdrawals, who knows what is going through her mind right now. You know what? I bet it's those pills he gave her. What did he call them? Memory erasers? Top secret government mind control, I bet. All Adrian's fault. Getting her all riled up like this. No, he said they didn't take because, you know, cat spilled the beans, so to speak. But I don't know. It could be playing a part in all this. Ravi, you have to trust me. You are blind. Let me see for you. For the first time, I don't need drugs. I don't need anything. given me a new sight. I can finally see everything so clearly. Don't make me blind again. Who are you talking about? Ray? No. No, not her. Okay. I give up. Let's try again later, okay? Okay. Promise that you'll at least try? I don't understand why you keep taking care of her. You need to focus on taking care of yourself. I can't explain it, but I need her. And I know she needs me too. Maybe you both need the drugs. Before the newcomers were permitted to touch and tend to the injured women, they had to go through the necessary ritual. Wash. Can't we get some privacy? Ira, please. I'm sorry, but the provider? 
does not permit the unclean to touch the flock. We know how to wash ourselves. We can't afford to take any chances. Slowly and tentatively, Cat and Adrian began to undress in full view of Ray and Ira in a makeshift showering room. A questionable bucket of water sat on the floor in between them, filled with dark suds. Each of them was given a worn-out dish sponge to wash with, and Cat's cheeks burned with humiliation as she kept being ordered to turn and face them while she washed. She stole a peek at Adrian, but he kept his eyes trained to the floor, ignoring all her pleading glances for solidarity. You missed a bunch of spots. Look at all this dirt on your chest, you nasty pig. That's a birthmark. Can you believe she's trying to pass herself off as clean? Ray crossed her arms and glared bitterly, periodically rolling her eyes. At the same time, Ira flashed Cat a small, supportive smile, his gaze lingering on her body a little too long for her liking. Adrian continued to remain quiet. Dry yourselves off completely. They were given dark green robes to wear against bare skin. No undergarments were permitted. The material was velvety against their tender, sunburnt flesh. Even though it was in the hundreds outside, the heavy hoods had to be pulled up, covering both neck and hair. Cat didn't mind the robes despite the heat. She was grateful to temporarily shed her dirty clothes. Ira and Ray also put on robes. Theirs was metallic grey with white sashes cinched at the waist. Cat lingered, drying herself slowly and thoroughly. Ira yawned and Ray motioned for them to wait outside. Hurry up now. I'm not about to wear this shit all day. Let's get this over with. We'll be waiting for you two right outside the door. Please be mindful of the time. Adrian tossed the wet towel on the floor and pulled on his robe. What? Um, Adrian. What? <laughs> you peaked. <laughs> can't take you anywhere, can we? Are you going to tell me? Or leave me in suspense? It's a shock bite. Come on now, be serious. I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I was snorkeling in the gulf, and this little shark swam up and bit me on my ass. True story. <laughs> oh my goodness. I haven't laughed that much. <laughs> Ever, really, I guess. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I was hoping I could take that story to my grave. Your secret is safe with me. <clears throat> well, I, um... <clears throat> I appreciate that. Guess we should get out of here before they come looking for us guns blazing. Despite Adrian's brief protest, they all entered the sickbay shoeless. The once grime-coloured floor was now decidedly less so, and surprisingly cool to the touch. Ira nodded to Ray who quickly walked over to the other side of the room and spoke in hushed conversation to a large older man. He lay hidden in the shadows of the room, barely elevating himself upon his thick forearms. His vast pendulous stomach spilled over the side of his extra-large cot, which was actually two regular-sized massage tables pushed together. Ray's eyes were cast to the floor as he berated her. The animated movement of hands darted back and forth around her hooded figure. All of a sudden, he waved his bloated mitt in her face, and she immediately recoiled, as though he were about to strike her. The man's expression turned from fury to mania, obviously taking great pleasure in frightening her. A slimy smile spread across his oversized maw, 
as he reared a closed fist back and knocked her across the top of the head with one, two, three wraps. Her hood slid down her neck, and she hurriedly yanked it back up again. But not before Kat saw a strange marking on her nape. Unlike the many tattoos she was adorned with, this marking looked to be an older scar, a half-moon crescent cut into the back of her neck. Ray simply bowed her head in absolute submission. When he seemed to grow tired of her presence, he waved her away from him, and she calmly walked past the other three, her gaze never leaving the floor. The door creaked and closed behind her as she left the sickbay completely. Kat looked up, and the large man began waving her over to his bedside with a slow, one-fingered motion. Hello there, my child. Are you able to speak? His face was round and bulbous. Large beads of sweat cascaded down his temples despite the three oscillating fans pointed in his direction. The smell of his armpits and unwashed genitals made Cat's stomach lurch. Yes, of course I can. Aha! (laughs) I knew there was something special about you the moment I saw you. How exotic. Where are you from, my dear? Somewhere far away from here. Humor me, child. Despite my current state, I am a well-traveled man. A small island in the South Pacific. It has no name in English. Hmm. Can't say I ever heard of a place like this. Most people haven't. I would love to hear more about you and all your friends. Come closer, dear. Take a seat. I prefer to stand, thank you. (laughs) Surely you don't know the rules, my dear. I digress. Rules? What rules? I just don't want to sit down. It's my choice, isn't it? Yes. Your little island, surely they had rules. Yes. Oh, good. Good. So you understand the concept. The rules here are simple. The provider makes the rules and I delegate them. Ira and Ray enforce them and you and your friends follow them. Do you understand? Kat frowned, but remained silent. Speak now. (sighs) Ira. Ira, my boy, come here. Yes, Father Weber? Take this young lady to the room. I feel she needs some quiet reflection. What room? Wait, I'm sorry. Ta-ta, my dear. We will reconvene tomorrow. Let go of me! Where are you taking me? For reflection. I don't want to go to any room! Calm yourself. I'm not going to hurt you. Why do you people just take everything by force? Just let me go! Ira led Kat to another clinic in the plaza. This one at the far end, near the parking lot's edge. The generators didn't seem connected to this unit as the lights were off and the air was stifling. What is this place? A large circular pod sat in the middle of the dimly lit room. Ira slowly went over and removed its top. Do not be afraid. 
We are only trying to help you. I'm not going in that thing. Stop it! Kat wanted to fight against his soothing hands, but she didn't realize how exhausted her body was. Your body will adjust to the temperature change momentarily. Just let the stillness clear your mind. She closed her eyes as he stepped back away from the tank and reached for the lid. We believe isolation gives us time to reflect on things. The water can heal us if we let it. She felt weightless, suspended in the isolation tank. She was surprised her mind began to feel at ease and free of terror. For the first time in a very long time, she felt free. How long do we have to sit up here? We aren't just sitting, we're guarding. Boring. Can you at least give me a gun? Nope. Keeping watch doesn't need anything but eyes. Why are they in a frenzy? Don't know. Got visual on a mass. Looks like they're heading our way. Count? Over. About a hundred. Copy. Over. What are we gonna do? Kill him. Let me have a weapon. I can help. Shoot at them, not at me, or I'll kick your ass. Okay. Let's see how to turn this thing on. I gotta do everything my goddamn self. I'll take out the north side. You get the east. They're scaling the barbed wire. Kill them, Ira. Give me that if you aren't going to use it. We're about to be overrun. Something's drawing them to us. We have to get out of here. There's no time. They're advancing on all sides. The lack of visual and auditory stimulus made Kat feel as if she were floating through space. She called to her brain to discover what she was in and the purpose of the experience. Opening her eyes, a vision began to form as she could see the room fully lit, but only dimly. A smiling woman in white scrubs clutching a clipboard to her chest motioned for her to come closer to the tank, which Kat was now standing in front of. The tank was white, as was the entire room, and sparkling clean. A bluish-purple light was inside the tank's water, making the water feel more inviting. The woman appeared unbothered by Kat's nakedness. She helped her lie down inside the tank, only her face peeking out from the warm, salty water. What is this called? Sensory deprivation. The woman answered pleasantly, while holding the lid of the tank up with her outstretched arm. Is this meant as torture? The woman laughed a pleasant, cheerful, yet superficial sound. <laughs> in the before time, people would pay money to schedule time in these tanks. The purpose was to clear your mind, relieve your stress, and achieve a more profound relaxation level. But they do not use the tanks for that purpose any longer. What is the purpose now? The woman's face was no longer smiling. She frowned, the lines creasing her mouth and forehead, aging her exponentially. They bring you here to control you, to force you to endure darkness and water. A frightening combination 
when you are forced into it. Do not let them control you. Unknowingly, Kat had been lying on the bottom of the tank. She wasn't sure how long she was underwater or how long her vision lasted. Breaching the surface, she inhaled profoundly, but felt as if she had been breathing all along. Her lungs felt unbothered by the lack of oxygen, despite not knowing how long she'd been without it. As Kat pushed the lid off the top of the tank and pulled herself out of the water, she felt a massive shake underneath her feet. The vibration reverberated off the isolation tank and knocked almost everything off the walls in the room. A final quake slammed the lid of the isolation tank closed behind her. Whoa! What the hell? Look! They're leaving! You okay? All good here. Over. What the hell was that? It's me. Earthquake? So that's never happened before? Which part? The zombie attack out of nowhere, the earthquake, or the sudden retreat of all of them? Everything. They had no reason to attack this building. We weren't making any noise. How would they have known we were here? I just told you, I don't know. Ooh, that's a disgusting habit. Jenny watched as Ray's cigarette hand trembled. She felt her fear in every sense of the word. Ray was a bully, but she was also human. Jenny slowly scooted over towards her, uprighting the umbrella they had been using for shade before the quake. She shielded Ray's eyes from the sun as she slid the umbrella's metal pole back into its stand and pretended not to notice the momentary quiver of Ray's lip. Not wanting to overstep her boundaries, Jenny scooted back over towards the other side of the umbrella and waited for Ray's next instruction. She took her time, savouring her cigarette before tossing it down and squashing the tip with her shoe. This place, man. It does something to a person. Starring Journey Brown St. Tell, Andrew Quintero, Emily Husband, Chidamabe Najoku Brown, Esther Payne, Allegra Rodriguez Shivers, and Gina Petromonico. This episode also featured the voice talents of Michelle Kane, Greg Thomas, Christopher Power, and me, George Alex. Story written by Courtney Holloway. Sound designed by Christopher Jarvis at the Radio Theatre Workshop. Original music composed by Bradley Parsons, Peter Clef, and Konstantin Nestsyarovich. For full access to the show notes, check us out online, and don't forget to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review.
Tuesday terror really gets the nerves on edge and gives you a nice, healthy fear of the dark. For a change, catch Bells in the Bat Free, where your nerves will still be on edge, but with a nice, healthy fear of bad puns, silly situations, and absurd plots. Bells in the Bat Free, in Friday Follies and every other week in Sunday Showcase. Just keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>